2: Southern Miss to the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Super Talk Eagle Hour back on the air. We're glad you're with us. Bob Getty broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studio. Luke will be joining me here in just a few moments. Uh, basketball in the news. Uh, good night for the women. Not so good for the men. We're going to be talking about that later in the show with Andrew Abity. And uh, the basketball tournament, of course, now just a few days away. We'll have more of that a little later in the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this program, and more importantly, the Southern Miss Athletic Department, and a great place to take your family for a good meal or to cater your next event. All right, lots going on right now, basketball in full swing, baseball with a huge series this weekend, but we want to talk football uh, to start the show off today, and uh, who better to do that with than head football coach Will Hall. Coach, uh, good to hear from you. How are you?
3: Doing good, Bob. Man, excited to be back on with you guys. We had our second practice today, which most people know. You have to go in just helmets your first two days, and after that you can put pads on. So uh, we got our second day in today, just helmets, and we'll get to put the pads on on Saturday. So uh, continuing to progress forward, putting in new schemes on both sides of the ball, and I like how our kids are working and the progress we've made.
2: Well, good. Coach, I've never met a football coach, and you're no exception that doesn't like spring football. What is it about spring football you coaches like so much?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I, I love it. I really do, just because we go every other day, you know, so you can really practice hard. You can be very physical, get after it. Uh, you can implement your schemes. It's kind of football school. You can take it slow and really teach and coach and, and see growth. Because, uh, you know, you, you've got the pressure or the kids have the pressure of trying to win spots and compete and earn more playing time and increase their role. So there is that pressure and urgency there, but there's not the pressure of having to play a game and get ready for a game. So you can really just focus on the young men, focus on their growth, and, and, and find little things with each of them that they can improve on. That's what we've been talking about with each kid in our program is, you know, it's hard to get a whole lot better than the other kids people in your room or the competition you're going against in and, and just one little thing it's hard to get way better than somebody else but you can find about three to six things and get a little bit better at all three to six and in turn make you a whole lot better and that's what we've been focusing on with every player along with every facet of our program just trying to get a little bit better at a lot of different things uh in order to improve
2: uh, Coach, we always seem to go back to this, but but it always leads back to this, and that's quarterback play. And uh, I think it's fair to say you've got more talent right now uh, on the field competing for the starting quarterback job than perhaps since you've been here. Is that fair to say?
3: I think so. I think we've got a, a really talented room. We've recruited really well. You know, in all the positions since we've been here, Bob, we just had the number one recruiting class in our conference, and over the last Two years before that, we were top three, depending on the publication you looked at. And and so we've we've accumulated a lot of talent. Uh, We've got a lot in that room. I think the big thing with with Coach Long coming in as offensive coordinator, the big focal point is making sure we're playing better around the quarterback and making sure we're doing things to create quarterback success, uh, which is something... We've always done, you know, everywhere I've been and something Coach Long's done everywhere he's been. We've not been as successful at that here as what we had hoped to this point. But, uh, I think, you know, we, we've done a good job of that so far and implementing a system to help him. And we got to play better around him, you know, and, uh, and those kids are competing in that quarterback room and there is a lot of talent and they're embracing it and uh, it's been fun to watch for 2 days.
2: And with the new OC, this is uh probably an even more important spring practice than otherwise it might be. Is that correct?
3: <laughs> well, it's important because it's year 4, you know, and uh, no matter who who's here or what, it's year 4, it's time to win, Bob. You know, there's a level yeah. of urgency in our program. Uh, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a tough build here. It, we've done it the right way. We've accumulated the right talent. We fixed the culture. But it's time to win, and uh, I think everybody understands that. Uh, you, you know, you're talking to a guy that's won his whole life everywhere he's ever been, and uh, it's time to win. And I think the urgency is felt certainly from me uh, all the way through the, through the last human being in our program. And uh, so there is a lot of urgency here. There's a lot of urgency in every day with, with 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 how we attack the day and how we're demanding people to get to the standard. And I've been pleased with how our kids working.
2: You know, Coach. Though having gotten to know you over the last three years, I know you're very confident um, in your coaching abilities and your philosophy and your your approach to football. And I hear you, and I do understand that that it is important to win, but. I, what I don't think, I mean, you're not throwing out the baby with the bash the, with the bathwater, right? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna stick to the things that have been successful for you throughout your career and make the necessary adjustments, uh, you know, in accordance with your new team to reach that goal you want to next year.
3: Oh, there's no question. I mean, I believe in I believe in there's a certain way to treat people and a certain way to build football programs. Like I said, man, I've been blessed to. This is the third time that, 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 that I've been the leader of a program where we had to build a program from scratch. And uh, we've been very successful in our past. There's a, lot, there's a lot of ways. We've been successful here in every way except for one. You know, we haven't won enough football games. and uh, But we are winning in the other areas. And it's time to win on the field, too. Like I said, we've accumulated a lot of talent. We've got to coach better. That's the number one thing. Schematically, both sides of the ball uh, – is where as we evaluate our program every year and every facet, I believe we've got to be better. I think we've improved in those two areas. I think I think Coach Bignell coming in on defense and Coach Long coming in on offense uh, is going to give us a chance to really put our players in position to be more successful. And uh, excited about the talent we've accumulated, excited about how we've kept it here. We haven't lost a lot of players like most people have, or you know, which is a credit to our culture, and um, but it's time to win. You know, all that's good and hunky dory and all that, but it's time to win football <laughs> games, and, and I think everybody understands
2: that. Okay, outside of the quarterback position, because we talk a lot about that, what what are the areas of the football team that you, as the head coach, want to see the most improvement in during the spring going into fall practice?
3: I think. I think offensive line is a place that you can't quick fix at the group of five level, and we have recruited really, really well for three consecutive years at offensive line. But that's a learned position at this level, and those young kids are not young anymore. Now we've got a group of three-year, two-year, and and red-shirt guys that are much more talented than what was in place here when we got here. And now they know how to play. They're nasty and they're mean. Uh, we are going to be a little bit younger there, but we expect to be a little bit meaner, a little bit tougher, and and just a little bit better football player there. I think we're about to start reaping the rewards, you know, of how we've recruited at that position because it's just not a quick-fix position like you can at some other spot. So that's probably – that's the that's the area of that and tight end with the way we recruited tight end, I think are the two areas that that that, that we're looking to see drastic improvements. Uh, you know, in our team moving forward.
2: All right, coach. A guy by the name of Luke Johnson. You, you may—I'm not sure if you know him or not. He—he he has living uh,
3: legend. Living legend. <laughs> <late.
2: laughs> That's what he tells us. He's—he's uh, he's yeah. just walked in. I'm sure he's got questions.
0: For yeah, you. coach. Um, I'll ask on the other side of break a, a, a culture question. But you know, you're you're also breaking in some some new specialists, and I know special teams is is a big deal to you. And and spring, you're able to get a lot of work on special teams. So that you can enforce, you know, uh, to a lot of these new guys, how important it is at Southern Miss.
3: Yeah, yeah, and 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 we, you know, again, Luke, you know, it, the most surefire way to predict, you know, success is is talent acquisition, right? And I mean, like, well, I, you know, Georgia and Ohio State, and Alabama have new guys at new positions every every year, but they usually are pretty good because they were highly recruited guys, and we've. At the specialist position, you know, bringing in a guy like Bart Edmiston, who was a highly recruited kid out of Ocean Springs and Jones Junior College, into our program, uh, you know, with, with our returning kickers back and punters back, it's just going to add more to that. You know, Bryce Lawton has back. He punted for us last year. Uh, Stein and Gibbs both kicked a little bit. Uh, and, and, and now, you know, you bring Bart in here, too. Uh, coupled with in the summer, you know, you bring in a guy like Luke Stewart, so who was the number one kicker in the state of Mississippi as a high school kid. So, same as a lot of positions, we've accumulated a lot of talent. There's a lot of competition there. We do have some experience, uh, and and we got some newcomers. So it's been fun. It's going to be fun to watch as it progresses on.
2: All right, we're talking head football coach Will Hall. Always happy when we have coach on the Eagle Hour, and he- He's confirmed he's going to join us at Fuzzies on uh, on uh, March fifteenth and co-host the whole show with him.
0: He knows how to do that. I think yeah. he not. Uh, I, I will not say that he's a better co-host than, than Hill Denson, Coach. You are, but Coach Denson will get mad at, if I said that. So don't <laughs> tell
3: him I said that. <laughs> Let's well, not. Coach Denson's retired, so he can say what's really on his mind with no repercussions. <laughs> he he can't get fired like I can. And trust me,
2: he does, Coach. He says exactly. Oh, no, there's
3: no doubt about exactly
2: that. Exactly what's on his mind. All right, more with Coach Will Hall, other side of the break.
4: Southern Miss
3: to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: All right, look, I just got a text uh, from Hill Denson who said, no one is a better co-host huh. than he is, so
3: I just want to uh, pass
2: that along. I bet you'd agree with that, huh, Coach Hall?
3: I'll say this. Nobody believes in themselves more than Hill Denson believes in himself. And hey. that's one thing I, I have great respect for him on. No question.
2: Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment of our program, and uh, – they always have Southern Miss football apparel. Every sport, they've got it covered. Kathleen is just the best on the planet. She's there, believe it or not, seven days a week. And don't forget, Campus Bookmart is looking for part-time help. So if you want a great part-time job working for an even greater lady, go by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Check it out. I want to thank Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today and coming very soon. The all-new, state-of-the-art, no car dealership will even be close. Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We're visiting with head football coach Will Hall. Spring practice is underway. Luke, I know you've got a few more questions for Coach.
0: Yeah, Coach. Uh, if, if I read Jack's press release right a few weeks back, 20, 29 new, newcomers to this program. And I mean, when you look at how many guys you got in the locker room, I mean, that's a significant percentage. So, how do you. With those new guys that may be familiar with Southern Miss football, but they had not had a locker, how do you set culture and, and kind of bring them up to speed about where you want this uh, you know program to be, and allow them to gel with the rest of the guys that are already in the locker room?
3: Yeah, you know, one advantage for us, you know, is is our team's pretty much here right now. Where most people will add, you know, a lot more guys, you know, in the summer and everything. We're we're at eighty four scholarships right now. Uh, we're, we're at 113 players, which is our cap number uh, with Title IX. So we've got our team here, which gives us a six-month advantage on building our culture, which is something with the changing landscape of college football that I always try to stay on top of with how we operate and move. And I think I think we've got a, a big advantage on that right now because they are here in the off-season, loop. You know how important that is, being with Coach Ancor and building that trust and putting those kids in those situations where we can find out who we can trust and who we can't. So uh, we've got we've got a lot of returners, you know, a lot of returners. Uh, we're, we're going into year four. We've been able to recruit really well and keep those guys where most people at our level haven't recruited as well as us and they haven't kept them, you know. And then we've added these guys here at mid-year and uh, we were working extremely hard. We're putting them in very uncomfortable situations. Uh, we are trying to force out weakness. We are trying to force out situations where if you're a little bit timid and you're not tough, it's going to show right now. we certainly don't want that to show and be a surprise come fall. So, uh, it's been a, it's been, like I said, an urgent off season, uh, where the standard is the standard. And if you don't meet the standard, then it's not going to be a very good day for you. And, uh, you know it's going good so far we're in day 2 of spring ball and looking forward to the rest of it
0: i know spring ball also and and i'm not asking for any specifics uh, because you're still doing that but spring ball allows you to evaluate guys and you know sometimes you find out where guys can help the the team in a different way or a different position that maybe they didn't think and and so you know your approach to to not just evaluating guys at where they are but seeing where they can best help the football team
3: yeah, you know we've we've, we've made a, a move with Dylan Lawrence, We're moving him to that field overhang nickel position. We'll call that a stinger now, like we did back in the good old days. Uh, you know, uh, Luke, you'll remember that in the yep. nasty bunch of days that was called the stinger. We're going back to calling that the stinger. He looked really good at that. It's gotten him closer to the ball where he's more comfortable. We've moved MJ Daniels to free safety from corner, which allows him to keep his eyes on the quarterback. He's such a tremendous athlete, and, and it gives him the opportunity to have to be involved in every play instead of just the plays to his side at corner. And so talking about those things right there, you know, just really evaluating our talent and and where we're deep and where we think we can get our guys in the best position. And that's two moves we've made right now that, that those kids have really taken to. We've also moved Kyron Barnes into guard. Mm. He's played a lot of tackle for us over the last few years. Because we've at, finally have recruited, you know enough, you know good old linemen that that are bona fide Division One players that can play tackle. It's allowed us to move Kyron to guard, where he can be a great great player. It's more of a natural fit for him. So that's that's three off the top of my head moves that we've made already.
2: Coach, I saw an article recently uh, that you did where you were talking about the fact that you spend less time that you ever have in your career actually coaching football and more time raising money. And I got the impression in reading that article that would have not been your preference. Is that fair to say?
3: Well, you know, Bob, I'm the kind of guy that uh, wakes up every day and, and, and man, I, I am so blessed to be the head football coach here. This is where I've always wanted to be. And, you know, you look back on some things in life where you, you feel like you could have done better and, You know, I feel like it was a mistake for me to come here and be the head coach and try to run the offense. I just don't know if you can do that anymore in today's landscape. At the group of five level, with the way NIL and the collectives are moving, very few group of fives are embracing this in any way. You're seeing people run away from group of five. I mean, the head coach at Georgia State, the head coach at South Alabama, the head AD at La Tech. Uh, the head coach at UCLA, the head coach at Boston College, all of them have left to be assistants at, you know, that, that 10 to 16 school level that are operating on, a, on, on an elite, different scale than everyone else. I've just chosen to embrace it. I think we've got the people here at Southern Miss to give us an edge. We're up to 160 people as of today in our collective. I want to grow it to a 1,000 in a calendar year. And I don't feel like there's any way we shouldn't be able to do that as we educate people and continue to get people to believe it. Uh, We like to say we have the most passionate fan base in Group of Five. I believe that. Well, there's a metric now to prove it, and that's how many people you have in your collective and how much money you raise in your collective. And uh, so I'm doing everything I can do every day. I'm meeting with about 8 to 12 people a week. I've seen over 70 people since January 1st. And I'm busting our butt to put ourselves as a, as a program and a university in a situation where we have an advantage over everyone else at our level. And uh, I think we can do it. Uh, you, you know me. Nobody believes in Southern Miss more than I do. And uh, it's been going good so far, but I need everyone's help. You know, everybody listening today, if you're not involved in the collective, to the topcollective.com, click I want to get involved and join and grab somebody else and get them to join too. because We've got to get to 1,000 in the calendar year and grow it from there.
4: Kelly, yeah, it's good good to join you guys. I was on my way back from Purvis, got stopped by a Highway Patrolman. I said, "Look, I, I'd love to talk, but I got to get back to the station." He said, and I said, "I'm Kelly Sander. He says, "You are not." I said, "Yes, I am." He says, "Man, well, you let yourself go. Damn." Well, anyway, well,
2: speaking of people with deep pockets, Coach, here here's the. Here's the big spoiled nasty right here you need to be tracking down.
4: Stop, Bob. Stop. You know, my buddies at the IRS have got, have got their hands out first. But, Coach, when you when – you, and I haven't gotten to talk to you since you hired uh, uh, the OC and DC, Coach Bignell on the, you know, defensive side, Coach Long on the offensive side. When you went to make those hires, what were some things that you were – why them? I'm saying what stood out in their interview processes that you said, i got to have these guys?
3: Well, the number one criteria I had was I wanted people that had called it before and had been successful. Uh, the number two thing I wanted was people that had had to come in in bleak situations and fix it and fix it fast. Uh, you know, and both of those guys had done that. When Clay went to Eastern Illinois, uh, the, they had been three, I think, one in 10, then three and eight. And he flipped them fast. When Chip went to Notre Dame, Coach Long, they were four and eight. They won 10 their first year, went to the playoffs the next year. Chip also went to Georgia Tech and improved them 40 something spots in offense in one year. Uh, and, and I just, and then after that, so I was looking for people that had, had done those things. And after I got a pool of people from there, you know, I, I made a list of of non negotiables, things that I would not bend on that I wanted to have. And then a list of negotiables and things I could work with particular to their skill set. And uh both of these guys just fit what we are at Southern Miss. Um, you know, with Clay, I wanted to get back to being a four two five defense, uh, like I had been in my past at West Alabama and West Georgia when we had led those conferences in defense and were so good. I believe in that scheme. Uh, I understand how it fits and how to coach it and set up a practice schedule and uh You know, so the D coordinator at SMU, I think they were ninth in the nation in defense, runs that scheme. He was with me at West Georgia. and So we'll look like Michigan, what A&M looks like now, with Coach Elko coming from Duke. Clay was under him. SMU, those type defenses. With Coach Long, you know, I believe in that Jeff Brom, uh, Bobby Petrino system of offense that has been so good for so long, mix and run and pass, quarterback-driven doing a lot of easy things for the quarterback to get them going and uh you know chip's been highly successful and uh so was coach big nail and uh, their leaders and 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 uh, it's been it's been a good fit you know so i'm, I'm glad both of them are here and we're, we're off and running
2: all right coach unfortunately out of time always good to have you on the show we'll be showing up out there now at spring football to grab interviews with some of your guys and uh And get you back on the show frequently throughout the next uh, six or so weeks to keep up with things. Is that good?
3: It's always good to have you guys here, man. We love, love having you. We got some new guys here with great character that that I can't wait for you guys to meet. Appreciate everybody today, man, to the top.
2: All right, Coach Will Hall, everybody. Head football coach, University of Southern Mississippi. When we come back, Andrew Abbott, he's going to join us. Good night for Lady Eagle basketball and a phenomenal performance. Phenomenal by Dominique Davis. Not such good news for the men. We'll cover all of that next. Southern Miss to the top. All right, our thanks to head football coach Will Hall joining us. Uh, Always so gracious about being on our show, and we always uh, enjoy those conversations. Town of Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. They're family-owned and operated since 1983, and they offer great services like steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit them at their convenient location on Hardy Street across from the USM campus. And don't forget the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. It's available all the time at Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Sports reporter Andrew Abadie joins us now. Andrew, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, first, you made such a great point off air. Dominique Davis, they hold her out in the first half last night because of just a sore back and a multitude of injuries. They have to bring her in because they're trailing by eight points, and she. What does she do? She comes in, she scores 22 points. She totally dominates the second half of the game. Uh, The lady Eagles win at North Texas. And you made such a great point. Imagine how good she would be if she were healthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the story of her career. I mean, every, and and, you know, that's part of how she plays. I mean, she's not scared to throw her body around. I mean, the reason she's so good is just because she's so physical, especially with players that are bigger than her. And, you know, it's, uh, as we know, um you know, they go out to a seven zero start and then they lose seven in a row. by no coincidence, it's because Dom Davis was dealing with a lot of injuries at that point. Um, and that's not to say the rest of the team isn't good, but she's their glue. Um, it's just they're ten times better when she's on the court. And you know, I, I do think the players around her are, are can be just as talented, but you know, she can stay healthy. Like, I feel i basically I feel the same way about. The, the men's side of the Sun Belt is the women, like, you know, it, it can go to anybody, it's anybody's tournament. And, um, you know, I'd say Marshall's probably the favorite, but, you know, the women could easily walk into the championship game. It's not a crazy notion, especially if Dom is at 100%. percent well, it's to be seen if she'll be at 100% uh, by next week, though.
2: So. Yeah, I think you're right. 17-11, and 10-7 in the Sun Belt. They're really <laughs> playing well. And on a roll. I wouldn't be surprised at this point to see him rest her Friday and try to get her as rested as possible uh for the tournament. Meanwhile the men well the men do well till they have to play South Alabama, and South <laughs> Alabama's not very good till they play Southern Miss. So you're the professional sports writer, Andrew. You explain this phenomenon.
1: <laughs> I I believe the term is have your number. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean, it was like that last year, though, wasn't it? Um, it's
4: been like that for yeah. how long, Bob? Forever. <laughs> On the men's side. Forever. Well, when, gosh,
1: whenever little,
0: uh... whenever Southern Miss is about to do something of athletic prominence or to play promising, promising we <laughs> have to play South Alabama. <laughs> right, and right. there it happens. All right, Andrew,
2: our listeners are waiting for the explanation. No, I, I think it's just to
1: have your number. I, I mean – you, you did ask me off air, you know, is, is their season kind of done? Cause they played out of the double bye? uh, at least that's how it looks. Um, and I, I don't think their season's done. Um, it, you know, what really stinks is they probably would have got the double bye had they won, um, last night. Cause Louisiana lost the game. Arkansas state's got to play app state on Friday. Like the, everything was aligning. They kind of controlled their own destiny, but, um, yeah, no, I don't think their season's done. I, 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 feel like the Sun Belt well, let's be honest it's it's a competitive conference but it's not very good um it's App State and kind of everybody else JMU has kind of fallen off even though they're 27 and 3 they're just not quite as sharp as they once were um and you know I it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see a 500 team walk into the the NCAA tournament from this conference I, I think the top six schools any of them could win it it's just uh can the stars align for you? And honestly, you know, if Southern Miss loses Friday, it's not really the worst thing in the world because that would put you on the James Madison side of the bracket rather than the App State side of the bracket. And I think that I think if you're Southern Miss, you'd much rather play JMU again than have to play uh,
4: App State. Andrew, if you're the commissioner of the Sun Belt, Keith Gill, you know you've got a football league that had what ten or eleven bowl representatives this year. <laughs> baseball you're seeing how good a lot of these teams are led now by coastal and troy i guess southern is certainly in that mix but man if you're the commissioner what do you do about this basketball conference because i think you are so right it reeks of mediocrity
1: well you know it's not like you can do much now that the ncaa has changed the NIT format as well i mean you can't (laughs) there's only so much you can do before like last year if you were the regular season champ and you didn't win your tournament, you got an automatic bid to the NIT. Now it's all about net ranking. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, so really, what can you do? Um, you know, but I, I, it's it's hard to say. Um, I, I don't know if I probably knew the answer. I'd probably be the commissioner of the Sun Belt. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. Um, and, you know, the women's side, a little better, but not by much. It, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. But, you know, I feel like the Sun Belt is kind of Mississippi in a nutshell. This is a football and baseball state, and basketball is just kind of the the one to fill the void while you wait for the other.
4: And I've got one other question before Luke gets involved here. You know, I I have said uh, publicly that I think, uh, and it's nobody's fault around here, but I think college basketball season is way too long. I mean, they start playing, you know, games. They're they're far and few and far between, but they start playing in October now. And if you count October, November, December, January, February, and then into March, you're talking about six months of rigorous practice and play. And you want to know why all the starters on a lot of these teams are dropping, you know, because of injuries. Is that a fair argument, or am I just uh, uh, am I just pampered a little bit?
1: Um, I guess it could go either way. I haven't put much thought into it. I mean, you know, I'm a college baseball nut, so if there were six months of college baseball, I, I wouldn't be complaining. Hey, Brian. Uh, um, but yeah, you do I, I don't know. I, I,
4: but you don't have six months I of college baseball. I mean, it's it's two or three, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, Big difference. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, it is. But you know, they get like a large portion of December off. You know, they kind of account for the the winter breaks, unless you're one of those top twenty five teams playing in a Christmas tournament. But I, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's um you no, know, it's just how it is. Um, yeah. And most often than not, you're not playing in March. I mean, if if you're most of the teams, uh, like the rest of the country, you, you, you're 64 out of 300 and something teams that get a chance to go marching, and, and more often than not, you're you're not going to yeah. be playing in March. So I guess that's probably part
4: of it too.
2: Senator, did I just hear you rank Troy above Southern Miss in the baseball league?
4: Well, I'm just saying all three of those teams are in the mix as far as you know, solid, really good baseball teams in. In the Sun Belt, you could throw Louisiana in there too, I guess, if you wanted to.
2: Yeah, you could.
4: Look,
0: all right. Here's here's your stats, Andrew and Kelly and Bob. Twenty seven games for Dom Davis this year. That's not counting she missed one, obviously, for suspension. This doesn't count the Mississippi College exhibition. Okay, so she played in twenty seven of the twenty eight games. She scored twenty plus points more than fifty percent of the time. Fourteen games she scored twenty plus. Uh, ten. She scored ten plus. So really, twenty four times she scored ten plus. One time she scored six. One time she scored two. Didn't score in one game, and then was suspended. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's Gillum. That's Gillum Trophy should happen. All right, Andrew. But it, but it is still old Misses to lose. Well,
2: <laughs> correct. It is we'll an old Miss awards banquet. We <laughs> need we to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. By the way, you remember a couple of years ago, Arvin Fletcher was the uh, was the football trophy. Yeah, and uh, they got his position wrong. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Andrew, uh, after Tuesday night, uh, look at last year at the same time, Southern Miss six and three. I was, I didn't like to lose, but this team didn't go away. They didn't give up. They didn't give in, and especially with just how you know Oz and Creel trying to figure out the batting lineup. I mean, I, I was I was thankful to see some fight even to the very last out Tuesday.
1: No, I think the team is definitely figuring it out. Um, I do think, you know. I think Oz is definitely trying to figure out pitching staff, they're figuring out the lineup. You know, they take Carson Pato out and put Slade Wilkes in and it worked out that worked out for them. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's about what we expected at this point. They're still trying to figure out a lot of things. There's so many new faces. And still, you know, as talented as his pitching staff is, they still gotta figure out who's gonna go where in that bullpen. And that's not to say that they don't have talented arms, but you're still trying to see if Chandler Best is back and I think it's safe to say he's not. We all know he can be a very good pitcher, but you know, watching him in just the, the spring uh, scrimmages, I, I, he just didn't look like he's 100%. Um, you know, I, I think part of it, and I, I'm not going to be one to criticize Austrian and Creel because they've won a lot of baseball games, but I, I just feel like they, they shuffle so many guys around, it almost feels like they're overthinking it a little bit. Um, and I know some people's gripe with Coach Berry was that he just left the same lineup and finally until, you know, the idea of, of what is Madness doing the same thing over and over again, he would finally make a move. And it's it's like you went from one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite. So, you know, I, I think we're really going to see what this team is this week. Indiana State is a true, um, I mean, they're a complete team. And they got a lot of their team back from last year. It seems like they've filled the pieces that they lost from last year. So, um, you hope they figure it out quick, because this is going to be a big RPI game. This is going to be a resume-building resume uh, series.
2: Hey, no question, Andrew. We appreciate you being on the Eagle Hour. We'll have you on a lot more in the near future, and uh, we thank you very much for your time today, sir.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
2: Okay, Andrew Abadie, everybody. No relation to Chuck Abadie. He's only been asked that 747,000 times. We'll be right back, wrap up uh, this edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour next.
4: Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Final segment on this Thursday, brought to you by D Bat Hattiesburg, DbatHattiesburg.com. How many batting cages center? Eight. Off speed, fastball, curveballs. You can, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get it all there. And Pro shop. All,
4: the thing I like about it too is it's just meticulous, really neat. Because obviously, with a lot of people in and out, you were with COVID and all that. The, We've learned about making sure things are clean. I
0: felt like John Carter once in my life, and it was at D-Bat, because I was in the batting cage and I turned around and Kelly was watching me hit. And the pressure that I felt at that moment mm-hmm. is uh, what John mm-hmm. Carter's lived in. for. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, you don't
2: think that was looking over a poor boy's shoulder every time <laughs> he was on the field,
0: do you? com Softball in Starkville tonight at 6 p.m. So – uh See what our ladies can do against the uh, Lady Bulldogs. That game, of course. Uh, I think it's on SEC Network Plus. So, um, yeah,
4: that's where it is. So if you want to spend another seven ninety nine a month.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ladies, win last night. Uh, defeat uh, Texas State in basketball, 67-59. And um, we have a new name for Dom Davis, Kelly Sander. Dominate Davis. Dominate Davis last the, night. Yeah, you, with, bro- you broke it down, Luke. 22 points. Guys, for the year, um, 27 games she's played in, three games, 30 plus, 11 games, 20 to 29 points, 10 games, 10 to 19 points, and only scored under 10 points three times. So that means in 24 of the 27 games she's played in, she scored double digits. Uh, She'll be easy to replace. (laughs) <laughs> and has beaten
2: South Al numerous times. Yeah, Dominate they, Davis. They don't yeah. have that jinx when it comes to South it's Alabama. It's uncanny, isn't it? Yeah, they, they yeah. handle South Alabama.
0: Men last night fall by three, had a chance at the end. Uh, Curbello kind of got defended back into uh, the bench and, and stepped out of bounds. But Curbello leading the way last night, 25, had a huge three, the the next to last possession for the Eagles. Iwako with 16 points, Hart and Crowley with 10 each. Crowley you know got hurt and so that that comeback curly wasn't even on the court but at one point the eagles came back and they were on a 15 to 2 run so they
4: got back in that game last night uh, but just unfortunate for the men unable to pull it out and the, of course the, f- the final game normally is on a saturday but because the conference tournament begins early next week in pensacola the men will actually finish the season at san marcus on friday which is unusual
0: Women also play tomorrow in Lafayette at, at 5 p.m. Of course, you can catch all of those games on ESPN+, Plus, which you do not need an extra subscription for.
4: Actually, I think I said that the men finish in San Marcos, they finish in um, Lafayette.
0: They finish in Lafayette. Yeah, right. yeah, my bad. Yep. So, yeah, women uh, softball at, uh, at Mississippi State tonight. We should mention also if you were just joining us or didn't catch the first half of the show – Head football coach Will Hall talking uh, about how to get the newcomers in. 29 new newcomers as spring practice has started yesterday. And he, he told us some some position switches. They've moved some of the secondary around. Um, Dylan Lawrence moving up to that stinger position. Um, and MJ Daniels moving to free safety. So if you missed Coach Hall's 30-minute interview, go back and listen. On Demand today, supertalk.fm or the Eagle Hour in podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Or you can – Tell Alexa to play the Supertalk Eagle Hour.
4: And I thought it was really interesting what Andrew Abity was talking about. When he was comparing, you know, Coach Ostrander and perhaps Coach Barry. And I think kind of just overlooking that situation, painting with a broad brush here. I think Coach Barry was more air quotes old school, where he called a lot of things just kind of by the gut, you know, to have the, the, the gut feeling or whatever. But Coach Ostrander, coming from that analytical pitching background, I think he's probably and, again, it's just an outside observation. I, I think Coach Oz might be a lot more matchup-oriented and a lot more numbers-oriented. So when you talk about moving the lineup around, I'm sure Coach Ostrander is looking at the, the matchups, right, the the splits and all that sort of thing as to what would be the potential best matchup in those situations, playing it strictly by the numbers where Coach Barry more by feel. But, I mean, you know, I, he did something Tuesday
0: night I didn't see – I didn't see a butler for Peto, like switch. I thought it would be, I thought it would be a uh, a butler for a McIntyre where Monaster stays in center. But I mean, now we talked about you know last week that the decision has to be made, you know, with Wilkes, Gillespie McIntyre, um, which one of those guys will be in the lineup, you know, and for Butler to get in. And now I mean, but but credit Peto. I mean, he came off the bench and and got a hit, and Wilkes went four for five. So. You know, if you're Christian Ostrander, it's a good problem to have, but one of those bats that could wake up at any time. McIntyre probably not, not the power guy, but he's he's the slapstick, get-on-base guy. But you've got four power bats that may or may not be in the lineup. You know, two of them may not be
4: in the lineup. And the deeper you get into the season, the more, the more beneficial it is to have depth on the offensive side of the ball, defensive, and in the pitching staff because the season gets long. And the, the more guys you have rested, obviously, that's a big plus. Hurt
2: the team some two years ago when they didn't have a lot of depth offensively, had a couple injuries late in the year, and they really didn't have anybody
4: to go to. And I think Bob, if you, I, case, I think Bob, if you me. ask a lot of the guys midway through the season, how'd you feel about being, you know, sat that game or whatever? They said, "Man, I needed a breather. You know, I was fine with it." Yeah. All right. Uh, we
2: were supposed to be at Ramey Motors today. We had some technical issues with some of our remote gear, but we'll get back down there soon and. Of course, thank Ramey's uh, for all they do uh, with our program. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We always appreciate you listening. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Time keeps
0: on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future.